What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Eric Fries, class of 1996. Uh, Eric was a member of the 1994 National Championship team and a pretty big member. He was an all-conference uh, guy, logged a lot of minutes. Um, but he's going to tell us his entire story, everything from how he got to Bethany to what he's doing now. So without further ado, this is Eric. You want to know by now. Chuckleheads, I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Eric Fries, class of 1996. Eric, thank you for being with us on the show. I see you have tea today. I saw that earlier. You have tea. I have water. It's it's a little early for me for the sugar, you know. Um, but Eric's going to tell us everything. We're going to do this the same way we do it every week. He's going to tell us how he made it from Buffalo down here to, to the northern panhandle of West Virginia and a little bit of everything that happened to him while he was here. And then we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about everything that that test that connects us all and what you've done since. So Buffalo, how do you go from uh, Amherst? You got it. To how do you find Bethany? Uh, that interesting story. Well, you know, back in the day, there was no real internet. <laughs> sorry i'm dating myself on that one <laughs> so i joined a, a like this program called college prospects of america if, I, if i'm plugging i don't even know if they exist anymore and they came to my house and they set me up a profile i wanted to play soccer in college i knew i, I wanted to teach and be in academics that way and here send your profile to all these different colleges pay them a sum of money they do all the work for you which is nice but then afterwards i didn't realize that all the work came to me because all the colleges would send stuff. Some was personal, some was, you know, just a generated thing from admissions, but any response, my dad and I went through a giant stack of different things. And he said, all right, you pick out a bunch, I'll pick out a bunch, we'll see where we go. In the list was Bethany amongst 10 others that we narrowed it down to. Uh, one of one, my father wanted me to, he chose a school and he said, here, you should look at this. I said, I don't want nursing. It's a nursing school, dad. And he said, yeah, but there's 80% female. You've got good odds there. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we ruled that one out uh, laughing again, but I did contemplate it for a minute. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bethany was on the list and I went to visit. Um, I got accepted a nine out of 10 somehow. Um, and uh, from there, I went to visit each one and felt where they were anywhere from you know big schools to small schools to whatever and uh, I went to a school in West Virginia more central the day before Bethany's visit and um, I stayed overnight there and absolutely insanely hated it um, just uh, it, it's changed names a few times it was uh, West Virginia I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know what it was called Salem take you at the time and it was like, uh, okay, this isn't my place. And I hated it. I slept on a mattress without sheets. I didn't know what I was doing there. And uh, so I came to Bethany the day after and it was pouring down rain all day. Well, JC Cunningham, of course, picks me up, takes my parents and I, drives us around. And it felt more like family. He's like, you want to stay tonight? And I said, no, I want to go home. I don't want to have another experience like I did last night. And then turned around and accepted to come to Bethany. It just felt like home. 
it, yeah, I don't really want to go anywhere else. And from Bethany, it was about four and a half hours. I wanted to go away to school far enough away that my parents couldn't just come visit, but close enough that I could go home if I wanted. And it was like the perfect distance for that. Um, not too many other people in my family went away and I ventured out being the youngest of four and youngest of 17 cousins, everybody kind of stuck around and I'm like, I need to venture. And need uh, my space. I need a little bit of me time. Everybody else kind of paved the way in my family and did some cool things. And I wanted to make my own name. So I went somewhere else that nobody knew me. I didn't know a soul at Bethany, not one person and uh, just showed up. So when you came in to play soccer, so you get here ahead of time, how yeah. did that experience work in from, from the transition of high school soccer to coming to Bethany? Well, um, originally during the summer after I accepted, JC called and said, you want to work Bethany camps with me as a junior counselor? I said, sure. So I came in for what, two, three weeks or whatever it was at the time. I met a couple of people that way. Um, got to know the campus, um, had some kind of payment. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much it was at the time, um, but, uh, and said, okay, I'll do that. So I really enjoyed my time. I met a person, my parents actually went on vacation the week they were supposed to bring me to Bethany and move in. Um, and they were like, we're, we're going to take you on vacation. I said, well, this kid offered me from camp to come drive up and pick me up here and he's like okay so you guys go on vacation i'm just gonna stay here so i uh ended up driving back in a omni packed all my stuff in his car <laughs> drove back to bethany showed up and uh that's how i started my career no parent drop off or anything else they visited me a couple days later on the way back and said do you like it i was like yep i'm like i'm staying let's go <laughs> and um Soccer started the first couple of weeks, and that was always a great introduction. Any fall sport knows that. You get there ahead of time. You already establish yourself. Your room's set up. you got the run of the campus. You know where the cafeteria is. You know some people already, and other people come in a couple of weeks later, uh, you know, starry and you're like, I know where I'm going. I'll help you out. <laughs> so, yeah, the transition wasn't – it was more of bravery. You know, it's one of those things that sometimes in life a challenge comes up. What do you do? Do you shy away or step up? All right, I'll step up. I don't know anybody. I'll go. <laughs> sure. Why not? Just say yes. Uh, that was kind of the moral at that point. So academically, and then we'll get to, we'll get back into soccer, but academically, what was, what were classes like for you? Uh, so like, cause you went into, you, you automatically knew you were going into education. So you, did, did. you do the ahead of time or did you still have to take like the religion and all, did you get all the cores done early and then? Yeah. So uh, trying to think back to how that all went, your freshman classes are usually general classes. You don't get into the education program for a year or two. Um, you can start taking some background. So I took like a psych class as well um, and enjoyed that. I took, uh, you know, of course your freshman seminar, which is uh, I thought it sounded cooler than it ended up being. It was called Kriegspell and it was the art of war gaming. I thought we were going to be in the woods, like peppering each other with like uh, air guns and <laughs> whatever paintballs. No, no, it was the art of actually how war and all that stuff. And it ended up being pretty interesting until he tried to keep us there for an entire weekend to play this war game that none of us knew how to play. No, uh, you're, 
you were done on that point. Like that was, it was cool. And then it wasn't cool anymore. Yeah. But Dr. Kappel was my man and he, he was a nice enough guy. He understood everything. And, uh, and really kind of had a class. It was like eight guys and one girl. It was kind of an interesting class. Um, but it was fun, but it was a good introduction to answer questions about how Bethany is and what they do. And, and then you take some other classes and meet other people, but the classes itself were uh, informed. They were like, it was really interesting because I didn't know what to expect. You know, it was a traditional public education, which is great, but you didn't, you got to know some people, but here you're standing, sitting in a class sometimes with eight people and you know, the professor and they walk by your house. They're like, Hey, we missed you at class today. You're like, yeah, <laughs> having an adult beverage sitting on the stoop or something. And they're like, Hey, you missed a class. And you're like, I was sick. And they're like, I know we'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, yeah. Or they call you, you know, like, Hey, where are you? Are you okay? You know, the personal touch uh, between professor or, uh, you know, and, and students, the, the personal touch is what I just kind of went, oh, this is cool. And there's people that don't like that because they like to be under the radar. Yeah, I needed it because I was self-motivated, but I also needed that guidance that help a little bit here and there and a little push every once in a while. And those were the types of people that were around and they were in the community and they went to soccer games and they went to, they were just part of you. And you didn't think of them as professor until they started speaking intelligently about a topic that you didn't know. And you're like, oh, they know stuff too. And, <laughs> you know, kind of cool that way. But then they, hey, how's uh, this going on? Or what's that? Or how are you adjusting? And it was a really interesting, uh, and it made you feel like you're part of something when you showed up. And that was the academics too. Even going to walking to class or having a gap between classes you know, in high school, you don't necessarily yeah. walking across the courtyard or in front of old Maine or hanging out on the benches outside or wasting time, you know, between classes, trying to figure out what you're doing, meeting new people. It just, people were talkative. People wanted, were in the same boat as you were all the freshmen. It was, you know, like, what do we do today? I don't know. What do you want to do? And you come up with something and there's people that don't like that. And those people left early. You know, it's not a place for everybody. No, it's a place you make, you make it what it is. And if you, if you're not going to go out and be a part, you're, you're probably waiting to leave is, is kind of the move. Yeah. But it, but it really had a lot of different types of people. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the shy person couldn't be that. It, you could be, a, you could take your time and, and isolate yourself and study hard and do all those things, or you could be completely social or you could be in between or you, it didn't matter. There was different cultures, different people, different areas. Uh, I mean, it was an unbelievable experience. It was an education outside the classroom, you know, just talking to people from, I don't know, maybe the Gambia, Africa. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But that guy would talk to the trees if, if, if nobody else would talk to him. Right. But as you I've can tell, I've actually seen him talk to trees because nobody else was conversating. So he went over and was like, I'll talk to myself. Yeah. And it was a place that you had to put yourself in and take advantage of what was there. You couldn't, it's not going to come to you. That's not the place it was. It was like, hey, what are we doing? Let's go for a hike. Let's go for a ride. Let's go walk around the campus. Let's, whatever. You yeah. just, it wasn't, if you said you were bored, it's because you didn't want to do anything. I mean, it's really what it comes down to. So social life, I'm guessing, was 
was still predominantly the Greek houses and mm -hmm. Babas. Yep. So what was the what first let's go the Bubba scene just to touch on it since it's it's no longer here. because uh, Bubba's doesn't have the extension anymore or yet, right? When you're there. It was just being finished. Okay. As we were showing up. I think the, the first semester I was there, uh it was closed. It was just the upstairs. Okay. And in the second semester, I believe it opened, if I remember correctly. Um, but Bubba's was a place to congregate is really what it was. It was a, it was a atmosphere that you, you could go and you could enjoy yourself, uh, and be sometimes irresponsible or not, but you needed those releases when it came down to college and that was in that town. Um, academically wise, when you, when you, work hard during the week, sometimes you need a release. And Bubba's was one of those places that you could just go and socialize and dance and, you know, be whatever you wanted to be. And they and, were part of the community as well because they knew you guys by name, by face. Absolutely. When it, And that was, I was thinking about that earlier, not just Bubba's, but even the cafeteria staff, you know, the, 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 people in the library everybody knew you no matter what i mean i know personally like still facebook friends or whatever on people that worked as staff members mm -hmm. you know the cafeteria ladies still to this day when i see them say you know hey eric how's it going you know i helped you get through college you know because i'd work at the morning shift for the the 7 to 8 a.m shift at the barn it was called at the time which is the little um snack bar area um to help set up with Linda. And I said, you know, I'm only doing this so I get up for my eight o'clock class. She's like, fine, I have, you get out the donuts every morning when you come for work study. And if it takes you 15 minutes, it takes you 15 minutes. If it takes you 20 minutes, whatever, just get here enough time to take care of the donuts and then go. And by the way, grab some breakfast on the way, you need some food. And then every morning we had a little conversation and and she helped me get my butt up out of, for my eight o'clock class and get there on time. And she kicked me out the door and said, go, go. And then I come back for lunch and how'd it go? And it was a, it didn't matter who they were. It seemed like everybody had the same goal was, hey, we're here because there's students here and it's a college. Mm -hmm. That's our job. We make money. But we're also here because we actually care about you. And same with us. They exist because the college is there but we counted on them for stuff yeah so the staff the faculty the the communities you know the people in the community most of them tolerated the college people very well and most of the ones that didn't didn't like to live there anymore yeah. and wouldn't and that's how it went it was a place that but it was a family community and bubba's was part of it of course there was some times and stories that you could tell but you don't want to <laughs> so, and then say. the greek side of that what was yeah. greek life like um it was interesting because i was a sigma nu and all ended up being um when i was there there was a whole bunch of fifth year seniors a lot of them were sigma nus so i got to know them very well and and ended up becoming sigma nu um i ended up going with a whole bunch of other soccer players that didn't continue to play soccer so there was a lot of soccer community within sigma nu hmm. um but none of them were playing anymore. They all became Alpha Six as well. So all the Alpha Six were soccer players and me as a Sigma Nu. I had the biggest fan club. 
because they weren't on the sideline with me. They were on the other sideline screaming their head off. It was the greatest thing. So, <laughs> so Sigma Nu was my other social outlet. I'll get to a nice story later when we get the stalker stuff. But um, uh, Sigma Nu was a great outlet for me. And there was a lot of really good people in there that, um, you know, but because I was a Sigma Nu didn't mean I couldn't walk into Alpha Sig or any of these other places because that's the way it went. You just associated with one. Um, some took it, you know, to the extreme where there was some conflict at times. But, uh, you know, it, there was 800 students. How could you really have that much? I mean, every once in a while, you're going to have conflict just because you're so close. Yeah. <laughs> but Meet every day just... Yeah. And, and Sigma Nu to me was incredible. I loved the, what they meant and what it meant to be a Sigma Nu and, and how I grew up there. So I lived in, the, in, in Sigma Nu for my sophomore through until uh, I graduated um, in the house itself and still incredible friends to this day that I would never trade any of that kind of stuff. I actually almost wore my Sigma Nu shirt. I probably should have, but um, um not to slight my, all my Alpha Sig friends, but uh, it was, so I was a, you know, a Sigma Nu outside uh, of soccer. Soccer was another social outlet for me. And then academics, you know, when I went into academics, I was a dual major with psychology and education. And so both of those, I still had those types of friends in education as well. So it, it, it really, but when you're there, it's really not, one thing or the other it's you're, hey what's going on this weekend oh we're going over here sure or you just walk different places and just show up yeah <laughs> see who's away, see who's around it was just the way it was and we used to call it roaming let's just go roaming and we just walk around and see what happens and usually good things took place so now we get to the point of we've taught we've touched on soccer and i think there's some things behind you that have to do with the soccer team. <laughs> so let's talk about your soccer career at Bethany. Um, it, soccer career at Bethany was interesting. I mean, it was, uh, to me, I, I played, I only started soccer when I was 10. I was behind everybody else. So when I grew up, I was involved. And then when I got to high school, somebody said, what are you going to go play in college? And I said, yeah, sure. That sounds good. So when I ended up showing up, I didn't have an expectation if I should have been division one, division two, division three kind of thing. So that's, I knew that if I went to a college that had a good soccer program, that hopefully I could make an impact and be part of it. Mm -hmm. And the tradition of soccer there was very good at the time. And I was really excited about playing for a program that meant something like that. Not just a soccer program you go and play at. It was part of a program that had a winning spirit and drive and com competition um, kind of thing. Um, so when I joined it, soccer was one of those things. I, I, as a freshman, I was just really happy to make the freshman or as a freshman, I was very happy to make the roster yeah. um, and realize how good the players would be. Um, I, I didn't have any, any expectation. So when I showed up and these guys were doing stuff that I'm like, Ooh, all right, I gotta, I gotta step up and had to do something about it. So my freshman, I was just really excited to, uh, to really just make the roster at, 
and didn't really play very much. I think my roommate and I made it and he was, he timed it how many minutes we had. So I had 42 minutes my freshman year total. Um, but I stuck it out uh, for my sophomore year and ended up starting a couple of games early and then not the rest of the year for stories not wanting to be told. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, and it wasn't mine. It was just somebody else's choice. And I didn't, agree with the choice, but that wasn't my fault, uh, you know? So um, things changed and I was a defender my sophomore year, um, midfielder at times. Uh, and then I just got upset not playing enough. So my junior year, I told coach, I said, JC, I, I'm going to play forward next year. We lost some forwards. He's like, yeah, sure. Freeze, whatever. And, and kind of blew me off. And then I stepped into camp and ended up starting the first like six, eight games at, or I think it was six games at forward. Um, and the other forward next to me was Mike Rogers. And he was my, I was the left back in my beginning of the sophomore year. And he was the right back the beginning <laughs> of my sophomore year. So we're taking a kickoff and, uh, <laughs> and we're taking a kickoff our junior year. He goes, remember where we were last year? And we're actually sitting at the line taking the kickoff. Like you don't do that. Um, <laughs> And he goes, remember where we were last year? And I look back and go, way back there? And he goes, <laughs> so we're taking a kickoff. And we're, all right, let's go score some goals. And both two defenders from the previous year are now the two starting forwards. <laughs> um, so there was that opportunity. I, and, and JC asked me one time, he said, well, what position do you play? I said, what position's open? And he goes, what do you mean by that? I go, what, what, what do I have the best chance of making? He goes, well, no, are you a defender or a midfielder or forward? I said, yes, right. Do you want me to play goal too? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Where can I get on the field? Just put me on the field, man. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of that atmosphere. And I had the opportunity to play all different positions there. Ended up being somebody, uh, Frankie ended up getting hurt part of the way through the season and they moved me back. Um, and then when he was healthy, I, I kind of established myself there. Uh, and then Frankie came in at other positions. Uh, because he needed to be on the field too. He, somebody had to do what we did, um, you know, while he was missing. And I'm glad I could be at least somewhat able to fill his shoes. Um, it was a, he was a good, a good, solid player. Different than I am. Let's put it that way. Well, he's, style, still, he's still doing bicycle kicks at 55 years old over the top and not sideways. I've always told him not to. He's going to hurt himself because he looks kind of odd doing it too. <laughs> sorry i had to I, had, I needed a plug in there so, um, but <laughs> so your but, your junior year you moved to forward do you is that where you stay for the rest or uh, like six games that's when frankie got hurt my junior year and then i, I moved in the back and stood next to sean meal and then aaron squire was behind me and um, and Sean, and we kind of were like a two central defender, uh, uh, holding midfielders as we like to call it, I guess. Um, and then that's kind of where I stood for the, for a while. Sean would win all the head balls and I'd play passes out and we'd make sure that they didn't score as often as possible, but we knew if we missed that Molly would save it anyway. So, um, it was a, a good scenario and that ended up being a pretty successful year, I would say. I think so. I think that's the uh, it's a it's a pretty important year in, in Bethany it was, Athletics. 
Yeah, it was a pretty important year in Bethany Athletics. I am super glad that I was part of it and actually playing for it and and being somewhat of a um, an influence in it as well. You know, um, I remember coming off. It, it, I have this thing of taking a bloody nose in a final. I was in high school in a final and I took a ball off the nose and had a bloody nose, came out, went back in, we ended up winning, which is great. And then uh, same thing in our national championships. And unbeknownst to me, the travel from how we made it the 32nd team all the way to the national championship was just, you know, uh, one of those storybook stories that nobody believed. But I think as we all went through it, we had a common goal that if we make it, let's put our effort in, let's put what we need to. And we, we came together as a team and really had one common goal that nobody was above anybody else, as well as we knew players were better than us in certain things and did things, but we had a role. We all had a role and we all stuck together in that role, no matter if it was uh, the guys traveling with us to support us, to our training staff, to our coaches, to the guys that didn't get to play as often. Um, everybody was on the same page with it. And it was incredible feeling to, to go through that. Um, well, and especially coming off of the year before where you have a better overall record and don't even get into the tournament. I mean, it's, so yeah, Carla, I don't I don't know how all that stuff takes place in the NCAAs. No, nor do I want to ever figure it out. <laughs> it was one of those things that I think there was an ode, uh, maybe something ode, maybe a, I want to say a favor, but it's not really a favor. It's like we slighted them, you know, a couple. Of years. I don't know if it's something like that. I don't know how it went in, but we also didn't necessarily do. I mean, we had a what five losses, I think. And going in our junior year, and we had a better record our sophomore year. And are we going to get in? We knew we were close. And once we got in, we said, okay, fine, let's win this stupid thing. Just, show let's it. just run it. <laughs> let's just do our job. And we got together. I remember sitting there, and uh, and, and Farmer came into uh, uh, before our quarterfinals, we actually moved off campus onto a, into a hotel. So we were away from everybody else uh, down near Wellsburg. And that place burnt down many years later, but we're in this dingy old thing. And he's like, come here. And he, he had a ring from somebody for a national championship. He goes, I want one. <laughs> I want one. He had us all in a room. I want one. And he goes, I, I don't want to stop until we get one. And I go, do we get rings? Or somebody said, do we get rings? He goes, I don't know, but we're going to find out how somebody's going to pay for these things. <laughs> if we don't, somebody's going to give us one of these if we win. So we're going to win. Okay. <laughs> and he goes, that's all I want. So let's just go for this stupid thing and let, let's go. Let's beat everybody and show them we're not 32nd out of this tournament and show them that we're supposed to be in this tournament. So the, the quarterfinals when San Diego, the defending national champions are coming to town from all the way from San Diego. I was kind of mad because I wanted to go to San Diego that year, but it was <laughs> there to travel to us. <laughs> I'm like, really? I can't fly. I want to fly, man. Um, but San Diego comes to us, fly, lands Pittsburgh, spends overnight. I don't know. They had some kind of thing going on. They all had like shaved heads and like blonde hair, like some bonding thing. And they showed up. I don't know if they knew where they were, if they were even on like the planet anymore. Cause they come into Bethany, like starry eyed, holy moly, where are we coming <laughs> into the ball? You know, the atmosphere, the music going and they're marching, you know, they're coming down the steps to nothing. And then we come in and the place erupts and there's, fans everywhere on the hillsides and 
blankets and, and you know, and, and Keegan yelling out things from in his English accent and come on boys, you know, you know, it's just this thing that you had, this atmosphere we had of like a couple thousand people, you know, that were in the bowl that was just awesome feeling and going, we're going to win this whole thing. Come on now. And this is the quarterfinals. And we played them like they weren't yeah. the national champions. We played who we were and we played them. They were good. And they tied it up at the end. JC's blamed that one on me because I didn't clear a ball, but video showed that much later in his life that it wasn't me. I, okay. So I just have to <laughs> he apologized to me like 15 years later. Sorry, you've been the glutton of my punishment for years. Um, when they tied it up, he said, I didn't clear a ball correctly and it went right to him and then blah, blah, blah. They came back, but that, that, that changed. Cause I knew it didn't happen that way. And, uh, <laughs> and video evidence proved that. Yeah. But back then it was videotaped. So you had to find the VHS that, in a, in a recorder thing that would actually play it to see it uh, and uh, through the grainy atmosphere no that wasn't freeze okay um <laughs> so we we really enjoyed that experience that's for sure and beating the pants off of those guys and and going three uh five times we had five games five overtime games and three of them to shoot out seriously who does that <laughs> we ended Italians, up maybe i think the italians are the only ones that's how they win championships yeah yeah the catanasia the defense first <laughs> um but that's uh it yeah it was uh kind of just and at the end of it the whole thing so in the final as i was telling you i took a punt and it right off the nose and there goes my nose it's bleeding out the side okay i gotta stop and go off the field so the referees, you got to go. I said, oh, well, I'm standing on the sideline. Peggy Dillinger and Hoffman are trying to pack my nose and do all these things. She goes, I can't stop it bleeding. You have to come off. I'm like, I'm not coming off. She's like, you got to come off. I got to get this to stop. So I go off to fine. Frankie ends up going in at my spot. Well, it was his spot. <laughs> and I filled in for him for a while. So I'm out there. I got it packed. I got my nose packed up. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go, JC. JC, I'm ready to go back in. He says, okay, but Frankie's playing really well. I said, that's fine. Where are we going to put him? And I walked up to the subline. And he's like, but I wasn't going to. I said, yeah, you're not keeping me over here anymore. Like, I didn't get this far to sit and watch. No. I'm good. Let's go. And I go, where am I putting Frankie? <laughs> and I'm going right back in. And it was nothing against anybody else. Frankie was an unbelievable player. I just couldn't sit there. I couldn't watch anymore. I was... You got to that point, you're not stopping. Yeah. You know, there's could Frankie, yes, Frankie could have done just a perfect job the rest of the game. Could, could all the other guys? Absolutely. I wasn't going to. I was going to go in. <laughs> so I just walked right past him because, where are you going? I go, I'm going in. Just tell me what, who I'm taking off. And he pushed Frankie to the outside mid and took an outside mid off for a little bit. And there it goes. Uh, you know, Somehow at the end of that game, we won as well. I'm standing there. Everybody's cheering, jumping, national championship. Woo, yay. I'm going, who do we play next? Like in my brain, like it just didn't. It's not over yet. Who do we, who, where do we go now? So it, it, somebody did say it takes a little while to sink in. So it was like six months later. I'm like, <laughs> please just beat everybody in our division. Like, seriously. <laughs> like I'm just sitting in my room by just myself. Beat everybody in the country to get 
Yeah, somehow we just uh, want to thing like that's pretty important <laughs> like that's pretty cool like it took a while and it just all of a sudden hit me like oh, that we were the best team in the country at division three in soccer and we just set some history huh <laughs> that's kind of cool <laughs> well so that's a good point we're going to take a pause there when we come back in we'll talk about senior year and then into comps i gotta send it to kj karen dunn with maple shades outdoors uh, follow them on Instagram, maple underscore shade dot outdoors, or just after watching this video and clicking the like and subscribe button, pop over to his channel, Maple Shade Outdoors, everything outside, hunting, fishing, uh, and game, I guess it would be. But uh, KJ, take it away. What's going on, everybody? This is Kieran Dunn, founder of Maple Shade Outdoors. You're currently watching Dingo Talk with my man, Carlo. If you're anything like me and you're really enjoying this content, you should like and subscribe his page. While you're on YouTube, you should probably just head over and like and subscribe Maple Shade Outdoors. Check out our page, enjoy some videos, some outdoor content. You might as well hop on Instagram, Facebook, follow us, Maple Shade Outdoors. Now that's enough about me. I'm trying to get back and watch the rest of Dingo Talk, so I'll talk to y'all later. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is Eric Fries, class of 1996. And we're going to start talking about 1996. So you are a dual major, senior year. What is, how do you prepare for comps? I guess I'm just going to jump right into it because I'm interested. How do you sure. prepare for taking two comps? Well, the good thing is you don't take both comps at the same time. So that's very helpful. I would imagine. Yeah. So I, I was, uh, I was an ed, I was an ed major my entire Bethany career. And then I was taking psych classes for fun and then realized I was two classes away from another major. <laughs> Said, okay, I think I'm going to stay a little bit and do another major and finish this other class. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's what I ended up doing. So I actually finished my psych comps and degree previous to my education, even though I didn't pick it up till my senior year because I was just taking psych classes. Yeah. So I ended up taking uh, psych comps. Um, I think the my spring of my actual senior year, and I stayed a fifth for student teaching. Um, because there was two classes that conflicted. So I stayed an extra semester, did my student teaching, coached uh, the club team at soccer and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then did my comps there after that. So my psych comps, um, because I was doing what I was doing, I wasn't really preparing for comps. <laughs> and uh, so I started taking a couple of classes and, and, and I legitimately, there was psych 101, I knew it was gonna be like, it was a general class, so it's going to cover a lot. So I was really focused on that. But I did spend a week pretty much isolated mm -hmm. um, with another person or two every once in a while. And we just went over things. I don't know if the area is still there because I know they changed the building a bit. But above the science department building, there was a room like at the top floor. Like a and lounge. It, it was a lounge right at the time. And I don't know if it still is that, but nobody ever really used it. And uh, myself and this other uh, uh, 
person decided we're going to take, can I take that over this week and leave all my stuff in there and just study in there? Cause it was just, I could leave it and post things on the walls and everything else. And then there was a class called systematic psychology that covered all the themes of psychology and all the theorists and, and their time periods and overlapping what they thought and how these people started and all that stuff. So I know I'm like, if I know all those, all the theorists, when they were, all that kind of stuff, that'll be a good class to focus on too. So we were discussing this with the other one and I got, honestly, I, I didn't do so well in that class. Terrible. As a matter of fact, everything I did in her class, I was like, I can't, I can't follow what you're doing. So in that week I, I mapped it out. I put it on dates and times and I put a timeline up and mapped it and overlapping and who did what. And we studied a lot with that general psychology and, um, uh, some other ones that we put in involved. Um, I don't want to give away all my keys to these psych majors, you know, they, they might take over on that. But um, and when I mapped it out, it all just started. Oh, I get it now kind of stuff. Like it all just that, click, 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 click. The aha moments. And we just crammed. I was there, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and we'd go up there for a couple hours, have some coffee, do some studying. And then, leave for lunch, come back, study. And then we come back later or I'd go back or she'd go back at different times. We need breaks. And we just crammed for the most part and just put it in our head. But it wasn't necessarily like read, you know, flashcards. It was mapping stuff and, and creating. My teacher stuff started coming out to me, you know, like how would I want to learn this and put it in my brain? So I taught, self-taught, you know, and the way I accept it. So all the knowledge was there because I read it all and did all this stuff in a class, but just never connected. I wanted to make the connections. So I started making the connections. So I felt like I was okay and prepared, ready to go into comps. And uh, I just remember doing, you know, the, the multiple choice part, just, all right, boom, boom, nailing a bunch of stuff. And I have, a, my brain doesn't work well with multiple choice, especially like 250 questions. It's just doesn't work. I get a little boggled at the time. So I'm like working my way through it. I thought I did pretty well. Then it was like the written parts. And I knew at one point there was a written section. You had to do five of the, uh, or three of the four essays. Okay. So you pick, and I kind of knew some ideas of what I wanted to write. So I, boom, I started writing novels. Like all of it was just flowing. I was reading it off the wall, even though it wasn't the wall wasn't there anymore. I could see where the connections were and theorists and how I tied them together to the point where I knew that there was one like small thing in the fourth one that I was like, eh, that's the one thing I, I want to make sure that fact was right before I would write that down. They'll probably ask me in orals. So I saved that one and then wrote all the other ones. And, and then um, I went back and I looked at my book, like, man, I was right. Anyway, I could have written that one too. That's cool. So when I got to orals, now I'm like, maybe the last that I, Dr. Hull and I played intramural basketball together, um, you know, and then there's, you know, Asbury and she's, you know, doing her thing. And she's like, they're asking me questions. Like, so you didn't, Asbury, you didn't do so well in my class, but you took that as your specialty in the written part. Uh-huh. She goes, why? I go, because I taught help. I don't know. I figured out the timeline better. I figured it out the way I needed to learn it. The way you were teaching me was good, but it wasn't the way I learned. And she goes, oh, okay, whatever. She goes, she goes. Usually we ask the fourth question in orals, uh, but I'm not gonna do it because I think I you you already know it because of all your other essays. I'm like, 
No. This is what we're supposed I to know this answer. <laughs> We talked about intramural basketball for 15 minutes. We talked about, you know, why I didn't choose her class. I'm like, what's this oral about? Like, seriously, are we supposed to ask questions here? Come on, man. Like I'm, I'm ready, <laughs> you know? So preparing for the comp for psych was like that education. I kind of did the same thing. Like when it was time, I was excited to prove my knowledge leaving Bethany. I didn't find those intimidating. I felt like this is a great way to prove that I actually did something here, that I'm not just an athlete, I'm whatever. People get intimidated and scared for these things. Like, oh, you do comps. They won't choose Bethany because of it. You're like, what's wrong with you? It's a test. If you didn't get educated previous to this, what are you going to do in the work field? Like, seriously, if you don't have any knowledge coming out, what did you prepare for? So, and that's why I was excited about comps. I, I thought that was an incredible idea. And now as an educator, that is like my motivation. Like it is, you wanna be able to show off. Like if you have to do a state testing, it's time to show off. It's time that all your hard work pays off and you get to prove that you know something or that you learn something. But it's still that athlete in you. It's that competitive nature of now you, now you get to prove that all the work you put in is the this is the this is where you you show the results again some things bethany is good for you know when it when it when people like it or don't like it they can't accept those things and they don't put those self goals or self-motivation challenges out there in front of them and go after it bethany's an opportunity same with any college you go to it's an opportunity you take what it, you are somebody's not just going to hand it to you like some people think now if they hand it to you, really, what are you getting out of it? It's something that you got to be self-motivated for. And that's, I think, driven in athletes. Um, if you're a competitive collegiate athlete, it's driven into you that you're ready to go to that next level. If you're going to die off with the hard work, then what are you doing here? Go away. You know, that's just what it comes down to. If you're not going to play, don't complain about it. What do I need to do to get better so I can play? that's the attitude that you're supposed to have. And if you don't, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to be successful at anything. Your boss tells you off one day because you didn't do a good job. Think about it and go, I didn't do a good job, but what should I do better? Not, oh, there's a jerk. That's not what it's about. So that's what I think, one, I enjoyed Bethany for because it gave you an opportunity. The family helped you. And then, you know, working on comps, I, th I was ready to prove it. Like, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And I felt like the site comps that to the point where if I didn't do so, if I would have done a little bit better on my multiple choice, you could have had distinction. What? I, what? Like, that's awesome. I was just wanted to be prepared. I'm glad I did a good job preparing. Um, and then education, I don't know what I got on it, but I, they say I passed. I was like, all right, let's go. And, and that's all that mattered. I wanted to get through it and, and, Going through stuff, I, I was ready for the oral stuff. You know, the oral thing to me, as you can tell, <laughs> doesn't bother me. I can talk. Pretty easy, uh, it seems. It seems like that. I got too many stories of Bethany, so I just yap. And then I forget half of them. Sorry there, Carla. <laughs> so I, yeah. When you get, to, when you get to graduation, do you have a job already lined up in teaching after the student? You come back for student teaching? You then graduate with the education degree. Do you already have a job lined up in teaching or is there a layover? Or? I didn't have a clue what I was doing. 
<laughs> I ended up moving back home for the summer. Like everybody's like, I'll prepare for teaching. And I sent out applications and I did a couple of things, but I, I didn't have like a solid foundation of really what I should do. Um, JC called me, John Cunningham says, Hey, Brooke County, which is where Bethany is in the County, Brooke County needs an assistant soccer coach. Well, like a JV soccer coach. I was like, Oh yeah. What about teaching? They're like, Oh, you can get on subbing. I hear. Okay. This is how my life goes. Just say yes. Right. So, okay. Moving on. I called them up. I said, I heard you have a position open for assistant soccer coach uh, slash JV coach. Yes, we do. Okay. How much does that pay? $800. $800. Uh, okay. Um, I have to move to there, get an apartment. I, have, I need a car. I need to take care of myself. Yeah, I'll take the job. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> why not? Can I get on the sub list? They're like, yeah, sure. Um, I said, how many, you know, is there a guarantee? How do I do that? And they're like, well, you have to talk to each principal. And the principals are the ones that call you up. I said, oh, so there's no guarantee of like how many days or anything. No, no, no. You do a good job i guess they'll call you back i'm like i don't know a soul there either yeah i'll take the job sure sounds good got an apartment got a car show up in wellsburg sitting in a sweet apartment above a garage at somebody's house i don't know that looking over the river heading ground pool i'm like this is a great setup i needed to figure out how to make money <laughs> i got it. so i i just pretty much walked to every, or went to every school knocked on the door said can i talk to the principal introduce myself i'm on the sub list here's my name please just give me a try if you don't like me after that don't call me and that's kind of how i started there and then i got a restaurant job i heard we have this in common at the tracks the restaurant in wellsburg it's now it was the uh, um, 12 and then the crooked dock well, you're talking, oh, you're talking about the Pier 12 behind it. There was a restaurant right in front on the main road, uh, right next to the Rite Aid. Oh, the, the grill, Station Grill. Yeah, no, the grill. It was called Tracks at one point. And Frankie said that earlier at some point. So I was like, oh, we have that in common. I worked, I, well, I worked as a cook at the uh, Crooked Dock when I graduated, and that got me promoted to the cook at Bubba's. Oh, there you go. So, you know, I, uh, I really moved up in my culinary skills. You sure did. <laughs> How many different types of wings can we make? But anyway, <laughs> um, there was a hundred different types of wings at Bubba's at one point. I was like, what? Ketchup wings? Seriously? Um, People bought them. I know. How gross. I'm from Buffalo. You don't eat chicken wings other than like a little hot sauce or something. That's yeah. about it. <laughs> and blue cheese by the way it's not ranch sorry blue that's just blue cheese I'm a blue cheese person so that works for me a little bias in that so I got a job there at the restaurant and served uh tables and, and bartended there for a couple of years to make up the difference sub for two years and got a job in Brook County they like me and I took over the varsity soccer position in uh my second year and I coached there for oh jeepers uh, 10 years I said jeepers uh, 10 years. <laughs> I can't edit it out either. That's in there. It's just going to be. <laughs> 10 years. I had, I think I was there. It was a great experience. And, and we tried to create the family atmosphere. I just carried Bethany on like, you know, it's just the way it is. You just create a family. And I had 70 kids and soccer and coaching there. And I taught first grade for a year. I taught third grade for seven years. Uh, really enjoyed my experience at Brook County School System. Just absolutely. They were good people to the point where I called them recently about some information and it was like, oh my God, Eric Freed still know me, which is 
that's the atmosphere that whole area kind of had, mm -hmm. um, including Bethany, that you know somebody to fix your car, you, that's the person, hey, buddy, now you're friends with them. You know, it's like, it's just the way it was. People invite you to their house to like cook for you and, and take care of you. And uh, you take care of them, they take care of you. It's really what it come down to. If, if they didn't like you, they didn't like you, that you were not gonna be long, you were gonna be out the door. And luckily enough, I thought I did some good things there as well that I was excited to be in Brook County's system. And then an opportunity arose down in Wheeling um, that it was, I ended up teaching at the Lindsley School um, and progressed from there. I didn't want to leave my third grade job. I didn't want to leave my soccer job, but the opportunity was way too good at Lindsley. And my interview went well, and they offered me a position down there and they said, you know, you know, in my interview, why do you want this position or something? I said, honestly, I don't. I took it as I was interested and I know the reputation of the school and I know all that stuff. And I really wanted to give it a try and see what would happen, but I'm impressed. Now I'm kind of interested and I hope that it works out, but I didn't have to have this. And it's not like I was unhappy where I was. So I, it was like a no loss interview. I didn't have any worries, I suppose, uh, or, or intimidation by an interview. Um, I just went in as me and uh, it worked out there. I ended up teaching and coaching there for 11 years and enjoying every minute of both experiences, which defined me as a teacher. Um, met my wife in Wheeling. We ended up moving to North Carolina just for some more sun and beach and that kind of stuff. Um, in a different opportunity because she grew up in the Wheeling area. So now my seven-year-old daughter turning eight this summer, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, so it might be now, where the Jeepers came from. Maybe the Jeepers and the, oh golly, geez. And, you know, <laughs> gosh darn it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, those things, yeah. When they say your favorite movies are some cartoon movies, you're like, oh, well. It's like, yeah, Dad it's all, it's all, those are my go-tos, but that's my life and I love it. And now I'm actually trying to get back into teaching, uh, taking a couple years off, but I've coached my daughter's youth soccer teams from when she was five. Um, uh, just, you know, it's kind of funny. I do have a funny anecdote about Bethany compared to the rest of your life, right? Here it is. So I'm in an airport in Portland, Oregon with my brother going to a golf tournament and I've got a Bethany soccer uh, sweatshirt on. This is a few years back. And this guy runs up to me in Portland, Oregon. And the, Oh my gosh, is that Bethany, Bethany, West Virginia, right? Not like Bethany beach or nothing like that. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, Bethany, West Virginia. Yes. He goes, that's my favorite place ever. I go, did you go there? He goes, no. I go, what? <laughs> He goes, I had a brother or son, a cousin who went to Bethany and we went to visit a couple of times and everything else. I'm like, that is so cool, man. What's your name? So he tells me his name, whatever. He goes, hey, have a good day. I just, I don't see that so often out here. My brother turns around. He goes, I've been to a few places now with you. Every place we go. And now my wife says it. And people I've been with, they're like, you know, somebody from Bethany everywhere you go. Another one, small antidote in the in London, England. I'm in the basement of the 
castle, the the big you go to visit tourists, you know. I go in there and and I'm in the basement in the gift shop. Hey, freeze! I'm like, what is going on? Somebody, this isn't me. Like, hands up, you know. Like, oh God, that's my last day, you know. But I'm not sure what's going on. And they run up to me, another Bethany person in the castle in London, England. In this, how? How does this happen? My wife's like, seriously. I'm like, you guys want to go to lunch? <laughs> You know, like, hey, Bruce, let's go, man. Oh, my God. It, like, everywhere you go, she goes, there's not a place I can go that there isn't a Bethany person. And I was just telling Frankie the other day that Bethany friends are, they have no age limit. There is no age when it comes to Bethany people. You could be 60, 80, 20. If you're a Bethany person through and through, it doesn't matter what age you are. You're friends because you went through experience similarly. You went to see the same things. Uh, maybe you're around when a lot of the same people were or not. There's ageless. I, there's people that I'm friends with that I never went to school with through Bethany. It's an ageless friendship at Bethany. It's weird. So <laughs> that leads me into my last two questions and you've answered the one multiple <laughs> times. But so we're going to start with why division three. All right. And then I'll, I'll, I'll ask the last question, but I think we know the answer. Okay. Uh, division three. So I looked at it as I, I applied to all division, division one, two, and three. And I had no care in the world, which one necessarily when it came down to it. Um, division one, there was some, you know, you want to be division one soccer player. Sure. My friends, you know, I'm only going to division one, you know, whatever. Okay. Good luck. I want to play. That's my, my mindset. I want to play. So I'm going to find a school that's going to fit me the best. I want to play soccer. If it's competitive, hopefully if it's the stored traditional place, sure. That'd be great too. So when I went to visit these different places, I felt the atmosphere Am I going to play? Am I going to have an opportunity? Am I good enough to play here? That kind of stuff. And there was a couple of division ones that I thought they were competitive programs. Maybe I'll see playing time. You know, it, I was good, but I didn't, I thought, yeah, I'm a division one player. But you get fed that in, in high school, you in club teams. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't, I wasn't set to go division one or division two. I was hoping maybe because there's scholarship money. But if I can't make scholarship money, then what's the difference of going there than a, a different school? So when I started looking at Division Three, I realized that Division One scholarship you might play. It's highly competitive across the board. The opportunities are there. Division Two, same idea. You could get a scholarship, but we're not giving scholarships that often. We're going to give them here and there. Maybe you get a partial here. Maybe you get books, whatever. But when I visited some of those schools, the atmosphere, I was like. Oh, like it just didn't so when I visited Bethany itself it wasn't necessarily division three and I or one or two it was the soccer atmosphere and what I found out about division three that's beyond anybody else that there's different guidelines of course but people when they show up to play in a collegiate level they're doing it out of love they're not doing it because they're getting something for it they're doing it out of the love of the sport because they're not getting a scholarship to play there that they think they're the big dog or whatever it might be. 
you show up because you love the game. And when I showed up the first day of practice, I realized that everybody out there wanted to play soccer, not because they're supposed to, not because they were told to play or whatever else. So when JC told me in a spring session, you know, I'm going to go play lacrosse, JC was like, or the golf team. I did the golf team one year lacrosse. He's like, well, no, you have to play soccer. I go, no, not really. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, it's division three, JC. I don't have that requirement. As long as I'm going to be ready to go, I'll be ready to go. I love soccer, but I need a break. And that gave you the opportunity in division three to do multiple things. I wanted to play in the golf team for a year. I got free golf balls and, and got demoralized during a golf tournament. I, I, I had a good time with it though. Um, I played on the club lacrosse team for one year and traveled around with a bunch of guys that were all students that created the thing. And then well, let's go play. Let's get equipment. Let's go play against some other colleges and drove to places and had a great team bonding that way. You know, it was fun. But when it came to soccer season, that was my serious. That was where I'm at. I mean, I played the other things because I was competitive, but I played though soccer because I wanted to. So I said, JC, I, I really want to play. I don't want to not play with you guys, but if that's going to jeopardize my opportunities, uh, that's on you. That's not on me. Like if I'm ready to go, you got to put, put me on the team. He's like, okay, we'll see. And it worked out. So that's the victory. That leads us into why Bethany? I may have answered that a few times. Yes, you're Once right. or twice. Yeah. Um, and, and it comes down to just really, um, you don't realize it when you're there. If you grasp the opportunity and indulge yourself in it might, it might be anywhere. I don't know. My experience is Bethany, but I jumped in and made the best of my opportunities. Tried to anyway, met some incredible people that helped define my life and still do. They're lifelong friends. It's not just, you know, when I walk back on the Bethany campus, even if it's a professor that's been there for 30 some years, it's like freeze what's going on. I mean, I still see Ken Morgan out there every once in a while at different different places and, and we'll still have a difference of opinion on certain things, but we still come together because it's a Bethany thing. Like it's, it's okay. You know, I helped him pick his glasses out, <laughs> you know, sitting in the glasses things when we ended up being at the same place. And, and, and that's, you just find that there's a connection and years later, there's still that connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, alumni friends that were years above me, their sons now are playing nearby that I connected on Facebook with that said, your, your son's playing, you know, semi-pro in Raleigh. I'm calling, can I come and watch with you? He's like, yeah. I said, let's meet up. We never, we, we've met 15 times, but we're enough that I want to go and visit him. And it's the Bethany connection. You know, it's like, there's no time or age. It's just people. And that's the coolest part. Like, sure, let's go to dinner. You want to get dinner together? You know, it's like, okay, sure. That sounds cool. Or just meeting up with somebody. It's just Bethany. It, there is no real defined. If you accept it, it gives back tenfold. Meeting somebody in an airport, meeting somebody in the basement of a, the castle, it, meeting somebody out on the road, a Bethany sticker in the back of your car and somebody pulls you over and beeps and honks. They, Virginia. Yeah, man. Where, what are you doing down here in North Carolina? <laughs> you know, you're like in a car. I don't know you. I don't know who you are. 
we don't, now we're like buddies, you know, it's like we have a connection and it, that connection made it. You go to, you know, Kentucky or something. You put a Kentucky KU sticker on your vehicle. You're not getting that. No. Never. No. <laughs> it's not happening. And it they goes might- back to that 800 students, that small campus, that it's a family. We are a family. And, it, and, the, and you know, the, like you said, there are people, it's not for everybody. It's not a place for everybody. It's a place that you have to make your own. Yeah. And if you allow it in, it will take care of you. It defines you. It helps you. I mean, when I was at Lindsley teaching, there was eight people from Bethany and it was a family community there as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's just, it probably wasn't because of the Bethany or whatever, but it just seemed like it's an extension. You know, there was enough people around, of course, that just the family unit and whatever it might be. It was a, it was a great experience. There's so many, and my wife calls it kind of a cult. I was just sitting there thinking, are we a cult or? Yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that it's not, but it (laughs) definitely, uh, it has some of that to it, but it, when you drink the Kool-Aid, it, it definitely pulls you in. Um, and if it doesn't, it's not meant for you. It, it, like I said, we had lots of friends that I met that come and gone because it just wasn't theirs. Yeah. But it is something that, you know, once you are, it, I, I can go just about anywhere in the world right now and probably call somebody. When I went to Holland, there was a kid I went three years older than me. We met a couple of times. I called him up. I'm like, I'm coming into town. He's like, no way. All right. You want to get, I'll take you out. Let me know. And we hung out a Bethany and a Bethany student, you know, uh, alumni in Amsterdam. When I went over to take students over for people, people, the student ambassadors program. Um, all right, let's go out. And we got to know each other. Didn't even know each other. We knew of each other. Yeah. But, how that's how it is you went to bathroom that's cool told stories best friends you know it's like (laughs) go anywhere in the world and call somebody up they'll invite you in their house and feed you if not their parents will or it's so interesting so we've come to that point first off i want to thank you for being on the show thank you for having me absolutely um we have to send it to a, a staple of Bethany of the town of Bethany chambers and Harry chambers at chambers general store. They don't have it. Promise you, you don't need it. Um, <laughs> but this has been the Dingo talk alumni tour. I am Carla Guadagnino, my guest, Eric freeze class of 1996 and 97. If you count both degrees, um, but Harry, take it away and tell us about your store. You just watched another exciting episode of Dingo recorded in the secret lair deep in the hills of Bethany, West Virginia. Let me give a shout out to my man Don over at Maple Shade Outdoor. He got some great, he's got some great stuff going on over there on YouTube and Instagram. Please make sure you check him out. Also, now available as promised, we have the second edition Bethany, West Virginia Mushroom Capital of the World t-shirts and our Chambers General Store. If we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts. And available in all sizes. So, Make sure you stop by the store for a t-shirt, breakfast sandwich, or sausage biscuits and gravy, and make sure to check out those daily lunch specials. Now back to you, Dingo. You wanna know by now.